0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Success Harbor podcast with George Mazaros where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi everyone, this is George Misarish with Success Harbor and I have Richard Marriott with me. Richard is the man behind Clamber, a blog that shows how to get your site discovered and increase its popularity. Welcome.
1: Thank you, George, and thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for being here, Richard. Uh, let's start out by talking about how you started your online career on eBay. Can you tell us when you started and what you sold
1: uh, initially? Yeah, no problem. Well, basically, uh, I was doing a Chinese degree And I'd spent one year in China and I wanted to go back for another year as a kind of extra year abroad. And to save up money to pay for that, I needed to make some money pretty fast. Um, So after working as a waiter for a while, I was counting my bank balance up and I realized, oh, crap, I'm not going to be able to save enough money to fund the whole thing. Uh, So I jumped onto eBay and then started researching a little and found out that there were all these people selling clothes from China, like, you know, Ralph Lauren, Abercrombie and all that stuff. You know, I didn't know if it was real or not at the time. Um, So then I thought, I'll just set up an eBay shop and see how it goes. Um, So I bought a load of wholesale clothes from a supplier and then whacked up a load of adverts and then started selling them one by one. Um, And And
0: this was while you were in China or while you were in the UK?
1: This was first in the UK uh, to pay for my plane ticket and everything. Um, and, yeah, the money started coming in. I got enough money to fund a year abroad in China um, and pay for the college, and that was done in literally about three months from eBay. And then I flew over to China, and when I got to China, I kind of scaled up the business, so then I decided to try and become the wholesale supplier rather than selling T-shirts individually. Uh, So I found the source myself, um, and then... In the early stages, I used to drive my motorbike from one side of Beijing to the other to pick up all the orders I'd had on eBay, and I'd had this massive uh, rucksack, and I put like about 40 or 50 cashmere jumpers or t-shirts stuffed into the rucksack, and then I'd drive uh, one hour across the other side of Beijing to this cheap courier post office and package them all up, and then send them to the UK or whatever. Um, So it actually grew to become a bit kind of, um, how would you call it? Um, It grew so much, I had to actually employ someone to help me with it in the end. Uh, And we then, we were literally shipping off about 10 boxes a day of these wholesale clothes and making a hell of a lot of money from it.
0: So when you mean wholesale, you mean you sold to businesses instead of consumers?
1: Uh, basically, we sold to we sold to eBay sellers. So, for example, if one guy wants to sell a load of uh, Ralph Lauren T-shirts or whatever, he needs to find a wholesale supplier. So, I sell to those guys on eBay who needed the wholesale bulk, and then they would sell those individually. So, it was all on eBay. Everything on eBay.
0: Okay, um, and um, was shipping not too expensive to ship all that stuff from China to uh, to Europe?
1: It was very very cheap back then because the exchange rate was really really in our favor back then. Okay. Uh, So it was amazing. It was like about a hundred dollars to send a box of I think maybe twenty t-shirts. It was ridiculous. It was so cheap. Um, Okay. And yeah. So.
0: And what year was that approximately?
1: That was in two thousand and eight.
0: 2008, okay, so now there was an issue, I I read on your blog that uh, the business ended as a result of the exchange rate and the poor quality of products your fulfillment person sent, can you share how that happened? Uh,
1: Yeah, that was pretty terrible actually, Um, as soon as I got back to the UK, I left the China end with my business partner who was supposed to keep uh, finding the same quality clothes and sending them back and everything. But he started sending absolute crap in the post to these people who bought them. And one by one, we got huge complaints on eBay. I got some really bad feedback and a few threats as well. Uh, And then actually...
0: Not life-threatening,
1: I hope. No, 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 luckily not. (laughs) But a few kind of threats like blackmail, like for example. Oh, wow. So I had to pull the plug on it, uh, on the entire thing, and then just... Scratch my brains to work out another way to make money, uh, because you know you want to have a good lifestyle at university. Uh, so yeah, making money on the side was always something I used to do. Uh,
0: so and and then uh, you started selling mascots on eBay, right?
1: Yeah, that was a bit random. You see, I got into mascots because I was really freaked out by the whole eBay thing. Because actually, customs came knocking at my door um, at one point and they wanted to ask me the origin of my clothes and everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so I was a bit freaked out, so I thought, okay, I've got to find something that's totally legitimate, and I'm not going to get screwed over for. So I ran... So uh,
0: did they off. think it, they were like knockoffs or counterfeit stuff? I mean... Or they, was they, it...
1: might, <laughs> they might have been, but I'm still not 100% sure. I knew they were made in the same factory. Um, they're apparently what, what you call... Um, I think it's second – I'm not sure what they're called. They're not knockoffs, but they're made in the same factory, but they make them when the lights are turned off secretly.
0: Yeah, it's funny because when I was in China, just, just before the Olympics, um, we bought stuff that was uh, – not me, but some, some people bought some things that were actually, like you said, made in the same factory. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's the same logo. I think this was like North Face or something. I mean, really expensive stuff. And you know, when the bus would stop, you know, uh, these people would come up to the bus. And I swear, you know, and they said themselves, I don't know if it's true, but they say, you know, all this stuff is made in the same factory that the stuff that you buy in the U.S. I don't know if it's true, but it's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if it's true either, but at the time, I liked to think it was true, and I believed it was true.
0: Okay. And, uh,
1: yeah, that's all I needed. Uh, yeah, so then, I mean, uh, I got in. Into- so then
0: the mascots, and why mascots?
1: Well, I kind of like animals and I found them pretty amusing. And also, there were a lot of people selling them on eBay, but they had really crappy adverts. And I don't think people could trust a lot of the sellers on eBay. Uh, and it just looked like an easy business. And the markup was pretty good on each costume. Uh, So, yeah, just got into mascots. It was a bit random, the whole choice, but it it made a few bob each month to be able to give me a a good life at uni, play poker and whatnot.
0: Okay. And then after, I guess this was after you graduated from uh, university, you went into the steel business um, and and you wrote that it was kind of a dog-eat world, decided to change the way you sell steel by moving it online. How was uh, how long did it take you to see that you know the way these guys are doing uh, selling steel is not the best?
1: Yeah, well, it, it didn't take me long actually. Um, after about three months uh, working in the company, I was just sitting around each day looking at what we were doing to get sales, and it just all looked, it just was all really inefficient to me. So basically, what the sales team would do would every day they go on the internet, try and find some steel suppliers around the world. And then they'd write a a standard template email, which was absolute crap most of the time. And they'd just send like 100 emails a day uh, to try and find customers. And that rarely caught any fish. Um, Unfortunately, the, the sales team I was working with, their level of English was very poor. So they couldn't make sales calls either. So they literally relied on email for everything. And it just dawned on me, wait a minute, why can't we just get the customers to find us? Instead of wasting all this time trying to find them, um, and then we can focus more on selling the steel. So eventually, and
0: what year was this?
1: Oh, this was I think it was 2012.
0: So in 2012, there was oh, no. really no online way of buying steel.
1: Um, well, there was, but the thing is, there were no websites competing, so people could rank uh, on the on online for these steel keywords but the thing is their websites were absolutely appalling they'd be doing some very very bad SEO and yeah I mean there were people doing it but we worked out a way we could outrank everyone pretty fast and then convert all those visitors into leads Uh, it's just it's amazing the steel niche if you look into that niche that industry all the websites out there are incredibly tired and outdated um, so we just thought, let's quickly make something new and and then get inquiries every day. Yeah,
0: you know, that's so interesting because you're talking about these billion-dollar industries and everybody's thinking about you know weight loss and personal finance when it comes to websites. Uh, yeah. And no, And a lot of people ignore these huge, huge opportunities. And I would imagine this is one of the many.
1: Oh, my gosh. Honestly, if I had time and if I had a team of people right now, I'd make a big kind of steel portal website because there's nothing out there. Wow. And then I'd drive a load of links to it, bump up some press, and then, and then just you'd be able to sell it on for, for so much. It's like all the Chinese suppliers at the moment, they're still using very outdated techniques. For example, you know Alibaba? Yes. Yeah, so they're all going on there onto Alibaba. They're paying Alibaba thousands and thousands a year to get premium listings, which basically puts their keywords at the top, but all they need to do is make a really high quality website with good content and they can outrank everyone, uh, but they're not doing that. They're still using the old methods, so that's just one little niche um, that's ready to be absolutely slaughtered, but I know there are hundreds more out there just like that. Incredible. So it's amazing, isn't it?
0: Incredible. Now. So with the success of your steel and and there were a few other sites that you have you've worked with uh, approximately the same time, you you wrote that you became kind of an SEO addict.
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. So
0: I, I mean, so SEO was new to you at that point as well, or or what 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 happened at that point?
1: Um, it was very new. I always knew about SEO, and I got a one of my friends to help me on the SEO for my little mascot website I ran a while ago. Um, so I knew about it. And then what I did first actually, when I made these websites for this Chinese company, I, I made the website, wrote the content and got all the conversion things sorted out on the website, like big buttons and the funnel for getting leads. But then I actually had to employ an SEO, but luckily I'd read enough about SEO that when it came to interviewing guys, for the job, I found one that was actually pretty good, and um, he did a really good job. But before then, yeah, I, I'd read about SEO, I knew about it, and um, but I'd never actually done it myself, um, only on-site SEO, which was what I did for the websites, mm-hmm. uh, and then when we employed this guy, he did the link building.
0: Okay. So let's talk about SEO today. This is 2014. And, you know, obviously it changes all the time and there are all kinds of Google updates, uh, you know, from Panda to this and that, basically. And, you know, it's it's a major challenge for a lot of people because people have limited time. And sometimes because there are so many things to do, you don't know what the heck to put your time into. So, you know, if you take a brand new blog, like you you take mine, you know, Success Harbor or, or any other blog, you know, I have been online for a few months. What, what should I focus my time on? I mean, because obviously there's an infinite different number of things you can do, right? Yeah. So if you only have time, like like say maybe an hour a day or a few hours a week, what should we focus on?
1: Okay, well, I'll, I'll say, okay, for, for your side, for Success Harbor, one of the things you could do dramatically, immediately to get, uh, better SEO would be to transcript all of your audio videos into words. I mean, mm-hmm. say so for example, get get all the content written out. That'd be a good thing, because then you'll be able to rank a lot higher for these uh, for the experts you interview.
0: Yeah, and I started that as just very time consuming. that's yeah, that's great advice.
1: I, I know that's a thing. Talking it? about
0: thousands of pages of content right off the bat, you know, with know. with all the interviews. Yeah. So transcripting is good. So you suggest it for everyone. If it's they have video on their site or audio, yeah. you know, transcribe it as soon as possible. Make it crawlable.
1: Exactly. Make it crawlable. Um,
0: because what else?
1: It's amazing because we found recently that time spent on page is now the biggest. I think it's one of the biggest factors. And in the new niche site we made, for example, we have about uh, we have five big power pages, and these power pages have. Some of them have 8,000 words. Some of, them, some of them have 18,000 words, which is unbelievable, right? Um, and we found that we were, able to, we were able to rank those simply by first getting a lot of traffic to those posts. And then just people were spending ages on the page. And then Google sees these signals. And then after that, after only building just a few links, those pages skyrocketed up Google. Because, you know, Google knows they're high-quality pieces of content. Um, so, yeah, the main focus these days should be to make your page the ultimate best resource online possible with as many words as you can um, and also to make sure it's very nicely split up so it goes step by step through the post. Okay.
0: So transcribing would be one thing. What else can, uh, can bloggers do?
1: Um, Yeah, transcribing, yeah, videos as well, of course, uh, to Mm -hmm. keep time on site. It's all about sticky content, I think, at the moment. Because, as you know, people's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. Uh, they just jump off a page in in, in a few seconds or whatever if they're not grabbed. Uh, So what we focus on now is trying to grab the user in. So if you're going to give them, you know, some some secret advice you've just got to keep adding some keep on reading because later i'm going to reveal this or blah 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 Mm -hmm. and just keep them glued to the page and and it's yeah it's a huge ranking factor
0: okay okay uh what are what other things can uh can bloggers do to you know or anyone with a website for that matter transcript um sticky content what else do you have
1: Um, Well, at the moment, um, I also do a lot of link building, uh, which is the bulk of my work, I I really think. Uh, I mean, a lot of people these days, obviously, some people like to focus on social media, for example, and they're experts at social media, but I have to be a bit honest. I am a little bit of a kind of sociopath, so (laughs) it's a bit of a bad thing for running a blog. But I can't deal with all the noise and the constant, you know, going on and trying to post every hour, whatnot, and retweeting and all this. So the way I get around this is I focus pretty much 90% of my time on emailing people because I find that emailing people, you can solve everything. For example, if you want to get your post tweeted loads or loads of Facebook likes, you just email all those influencers who you know have big social followings and you know share the post with them, maybe link out to them from your post and then get them to do that work for you. So then you don't have to worry about spending all day on Facebook or Twitter or trying to schedule your tweets out. Instead, you send very, very targeted emails to the influencers you know can cause a lot of you know shares for your post. Email them and get them to do it for you. So that's... I find this works with everything. Um, also, for you know, example for for using Reddit, uh, a lot of the time in the niche I'm working in, another niche, is I'll find out who in that niche shares a lot of stuff on Reddit and who's got a lot of you know karma and everything. And then when I've got an important post, I'll get them to post the Reddit link for me, and then I'll Do email them for it.
0: Or how does that work?
1: Um, but it's quite easy. You just kind of maybe give them a link from your post and then you hit them up and say, hey, man, I linked to you for my post. Oh, by the way, I noticed you're really active on Reddit. I I don't actually have a Reddit account myself or whatever. I'd love it if you'd help share the link for me. Um, Then they share that link uh, because people on Reddit don't like it if you share your own stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then what I'll do is I'll go on to Fiverr or somewhere like that and buy a load of upvotes. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is pretty cool. I've done this a lot lot of times. You can pay people to upvote on Reddit. And then these people will go on Reddit and upvote that post. And then if the link stays at the top of that subreddit for a long time, you'll get a heap of traffic. And then if you've got sticky content and people are reading that post when they go through from Reddit, then that's giving loads more signals to Google that it's high-quality content or whatever. And then, yeah, you just, after that, you build a few links, and it's just the magic formula, really, I found, to get Okay. Content.
0: And do you use some kind of software for your link building and to, for your outreach, emailing people, that you would recommend, or is this the old-fashioned way?
1: Um, yes, I do actually use a special software. It's called BuzzStream. Um, I actually use them a lot and write about them on my blog. Uh, you can schedule your emails. Uh, you can make sure you don't accidentally reach out to the same person again Um, also you can make really personal sounding emails very quickly uh, with all these kind of drag and drop fields yeah so it's yeah I do everything through that software
0: okay Uh, okay so it makes the process faster easier to manage it works for you yeah okay Okay. So, you know, I mean, I I like that because, uh, you know, I have actually interviewed several people that don't do anything with social media and they still have tons of traffic. They make a lot of money. They have a lot of influence. So, and I like to hear that because I think sometimes people think you have to do the same thing what other people do, but there are so many options out there.
1: No, you're totally right there, George. Yeah. I mean, um, with social media, it's yeah, if you're an expert on social media, go for it if that's your thing. If if you love hanging around on Facebook all day, then for sure. But yeah, there are definitely other ways of doing it. And um, yeah, the, sometimes the oldest tricks in the book, like emailing, um, is the best way. It's behind the scenes. No one knows what you're up to, but the most important thing is traffic, right? And mm. finding the best way to get traffic is... Is definitely more valuable, and then getting those people onto your list.
0: So, if uh, if I want to get a thousand visitors per day to Success Harbor, um, what do I need to do in the first 24 months? So, basically, what you mentioned: the transcribing, uh, sticky content, uh, link building using something like BuzzStream, uh, maybe even Reddit, uh, as you mentioned. Reach out to people, influencer on influencers on Reddit. Mm-hmm. uh anything else or do you think that's that's the secret uh, recipe or not secret but that's the recipe to get there
1: yeah i mean um what you could do is um obviously you've, you've interviewed a ton of really big names uh, on on your site some really cool people so yeah if you get those posts transcribed um maybe you can outsource that to someone you know on odesk or something
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh, to
1: save you the time and then, yeah, just uh, Google that person's name. Get every single site that's ever mentioned that person ever in the history of time. Or, well, you don't have to do that, but, you know, get a large amount. And then uh I go and email those people and uh ask them to p- perhaps, you know, add a link to their page where they've talked about that particular person you interviewed. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, the 100% thing should be to try and rank for some of these experts names so if you p- put all the experts names into google perhaps and then find out who's getting searched the most and start with them um mm. or and yeah just keep keep on going like that
0: okay yeah that's uh, that's great advice and i like it because it's uh, it's kind of like old fashioned networking with the email it's a little bit different i think a lot of people don't really want to do that kind of stuff anymore but you know yeah. i hear you know, I interviewed so many people, and their networking is really what comes up over and over and over. You know, just oh, yes. reach out to people, get to know people, be be useful to other people, and and network, network, network. You know, and it, it's so so valuable. Today, you, you mentioned I mentioned I interviewed so many people, and it's funny because I looked on uh, new and uh, noteworthy, and I'm on the top. Page. I'm actually I'm the top row, and nice. that's the first time it happened. And I'm out there with Tim Ferriss, who I, I really like, and you know a whole bunch of other people that you know I follow and I followed over the years and books that I've read. And yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it has nothing to do with the interview, but I, I just came to mind, and I'm it's kind of I'm kind of stoked about it. So <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that's absolutely awesome.
0: So I had uh, you had a post on May 14th about building a site in just 90 days. To get yeah. nine thousand dollars in revenue per month, yeah. um, and I read that today you have about five hundred visitors, probably more than that since you wrote it. Uh, where you are with that project in terms of revenue, and what is your strategy to grow the traffic to that site?
1: Okay, that's that's great. Um, I, yeah, I love to talk about this uh, as well. Um, okay, so. I was very naive when I went into the whole project. I was like, "Yeah, we're going to make nine k in ninety days and whatever and uh, it was a catchy title, but uh, it was I think a bit too naive at the beginning but we've seen some amazing growth in the last month and or so uh, what we've done so basically first we just created a huge amount of content so we launched a site on at the when end you- when you
0: say huge amount, does it mean those really long posts that you talk about, the multi-thousand words, or is this the very many posts, uh, um, separate posts?
1: Okay, so 16 posts in total when we launched the site. It was a bit of a crazy thing to do, uh, but we launched with 16 posts. Some of them were 3K, some of them were 5K, uh, but the, the most of them were 1.5K long um, as average. But then what we did was... After the site launched and we would shown it was a pretty quality site, we then did a couple of expert roundups, and that was to create our really huge pieces of content, these power pages. And then after those, after the roundups went out, I think that was in February, uh, we then just like went on massive link building binge, if uh, as it were. Um, and so we've already got the content. We've already we're already pretty nailing most of the important keywords in the niche. So now our main focus is simply to just build the links and get those up Google. Uh, what happened? We're now taking in over 750 visits a day, and I think we're going to hit the 1,000 mark in a couple of weeks if we continue at this at this rate. Uh, because yeah, I posted that post in May. We were at I think 500 visits. And it's gradually growing.
0: So, give us an idea. How many links you you, you mentioned that you went into a link building binge? How yeah. many links have you built? You know, let's say you're very close to a thousand. So, we just say you know to get a thousand visitors per day. Um, how many links did you have to build?
1: Well, the answer is <laughs> the answer is I can't use this word because it's a swear word. But um, it begins with an F and it ends with a K, okay. and the next word is all. So, F all. Honestly, hardly any links whatsoever. What I've done though is is focused on creating the best possible links I can get. So when I find a page I really want to link on, uh, what I'll do is I'll work out a strategy to just get that one link. And for our main power page, which is 18,000 words long, all I did was actually build about six links to that power page, but they were all really hard earned links. Uh, so okay, so
0: give us an idea, like in, in in that niche or whatever, or if you don't want to talk about that particular niche, uh, you could talk about you know business or whatever. How do you identify? Because I think some people think, oh, I have to build thousands of links for anything to happen. Yeah. So this sounds very doable to me. But give us an idea of how you found those links. What makes it a really good good uh, good site for you to use? Okay. And, and then how do you reach out to those sites?
1: Okay. Um. Well. What what I want to do first first I want to find a post that's on a very high quality website. So to to make sure a website's quality, I'll I'll either use Majestic SEO or Hrefs, and I'll check the domain, see if it's got some good domain authority uh, with Moz, and then I'll make sure just it's a quality website. Now with with that, I'll then I'll then it's very important that link isn't contextual. Uh, is very contextual. So by that I mean, if you're going to do a post, for example, on dog training, you wanted to rank for dog training, then you want to find an article that's very high up on Google where they're writing a lot about dog training in the article. And then if you can get a link on that post, then that's going to be massive for you, right? So what I do first is I wanted to rank for a particular keyword, which let's say it was training poodles, um So I typed in something like training poodles into Google and then various variations of that. And I found some very authoritative blogs that wrote about that. And then what I did was I work out a strategy of how I can get a link on that particular person's blog. Now, one way I did it, uh when I find a link I really want. um So let me just quickly say what makes a really good link. Okay. Uh, Basically, the site has to have a very high authority, so it has to be a good site with a trusted site.
0: So and how do you how do you you use something like Moz or how how do you how do I know what or anybody knows what's uh, what what site has high authority?
1: Okay, so um, a good one at the moment, I, I like to use Majestic SEO actually because they have this thing called Trust Flow, and it shows you how trustworthy the site is. So it means you know, if it's got a lot of good links from trustworthy sites and it's got a good link neighborhood, then um, the metrics on Majestic will, will show you that. So you want to look for sites anything above a 10 trust flow of 10 okay. um, and then anything above that. So, but a really good site would be much higher. So much higher than 10, like 40 or 50 or whatever. Um, so that that would be a sign of high trust flow. I mean, for hrefs. As well, a really good site would be like uh, a href's rank of say 80 or anything between 60 and 80 would be really good. So, yeah, if you read up on, on those numbers, you'll work out roughly what it is. Um, they all vary, these different, you know, softwares. Okay, okay, uh, so then, that
0: gives us a good idea. So now we know that first of all, it has something to do with our niche and yeah. it has good authority. So, those are the first things. Then, what happens?
1: Yeah. Then um, also, if the page is writing a lot about your topic, then that's awesome. If you can get a link on that page, then, you know, it's not, for example, if I was wanting a link from for training poodles, then if I got a link on a very high trustworthy site that was, for example, TechCrunch, but the article was all about mobile phones, then, yeah, it's a high authority site, but that link wouldn't help much because it's on a very... It's on a page which is totally unrelated. If you know what I mean, uh-huh. so it's also very important to get a contextual link. So within text of someone who's writing about a topic. Um, so yeah, then so I'll tell you how I got one of these links. There was this page I really, really wanted a link on. Uh, so what I did was I looked at the, this person's website and I put them through a tool called uh, Screaming Frog uh, SEO Spider Tool. And basically, in this tool, you can find out um, which of the pages on this person's site has broken links. So I put their entire site through this tool, and I found out any of their pages that had issues. For example, an image missing or a 404 link or whatever. Um, Then what I did was I emailed – I actually included this person in an expert roundup. Uh, So I, I included them in an interview. Uh, a bit earlier on, a month before. Um, So then they knew me. They knew, like, we're cool. We've we've already given them a link on this cool page or whatever. And then what I did was I just go back and then I sent them a massive report of all the problems with their site and said what they should do to change them. I mean, this didn't take long. It took about an hour or whatever. And then what I said is, oh, by the way, you've got this awesome page on training poodles. Uh, You wouldn't perhaps mind adding... Our link to the anchor text for poodles. And then they said, Yeah, sure, of course. I mean, you have just helped me out with my entire site. Of course, I'll give you a link. Um, so that's the way we earned that one. I mm-hmm. mean, but that link, after getting that link, we shifted up Google pretty much an entire page um, within a very short space of time. And then, yeah, it's just links like that. Uh, I also got a page, a link on someone's homepage widget. Uh, which is crazy. So they put a link to our site from their homepage and on every page of their blog. I did that by pretending I was a girl (laughs) and and being really flirty. And it took a a few emails. uh, But I went in there and said, yeah, hey, this is, uh, you know, um, Natalie or whatever. And I kind of, you know, warmed up to them. And then, yeah, they put a link on the homepage widget. So it's just different tactics for different kind of links. Um, and, yeah, that, that, that's the way I do it, really, just emailing okay. people. Yeah. Okay.
0: And and be useful, right? Again, be useful, provide yeah. value. Give, exactly. Give before you ask for something, right? So, you know, these are so simple ideas, but I don't know why people forget those, you know? Um, it makes, yeah. makes sense to me. Um, I have a a few more questions. I know we went over over, uh, 30 minutes. I hope it's okay. I have a few more questions. Uh, Can you stay for a few more minutes? Yeah, no worries. Um, These are some uh, general entrepreneurial questions that, uh, you know, I mean, you've been in business for years and it's really important for our audience to hear, you know, what your opinion is uh, on these questions. So what is the most important thing for an entrepreneur? to do during the first 12 months of being in business in your opinion
1: okay um in the first 12 months
0: yeah because you know uh, let me tell you why it's important to me because most businesses fail and they fail within the first one year right yeah. so what can they do you know in other words to you know to help them stay in business you know because i mean that's a really really crucial time
1: oh yes um well, for sure. I mean, as long as it takes, don't launch that business until you fully research the market and know your way in. Uh, that's, that's the first bit of advice. I mean, before you even think of starting a website or anything, make sure you properly have researched the market and find a, a special angle you can go in, which is totally different to everyone else. Um, otherwise, you'll just get lost amongst all the noise. Um, I'd also recommend heavily networking in even in the research stage before you learn before you launch a business so drive up a lot of excitement to the people in that industry so you haven't even launched a blog yet but you're they're already getting excited if you know what I mean mm-hmm. Um so then when you do launch you're not just gonna go off like a lead balloon Uh so that's one of the first first things I do and then yeah I mean once you do launch just continue the networking and yeah, so I'm yeah. trying to think, 12 months, blimey. Uh, yeah,
0: uh, so networking uh, and prepare and make connections even before you actually start start your business and the research part, uh, respect the business so you know exactly what you're getting into.
1: Yes, exactly, yeah. Um, and definitely initially, I'd recommend, initially if, you're, if we're talking keywords, go after some much less competitive keywords for your first posts. Uh, and then, once you've built up a few links to your site and you've got a bit more authority, then chase the more competitive keywords because it'll be easier for you to rank once you've you know got some links to your site, you've got some authority, people are interested, and then you can funnel all of the link juice uh from your from your other posts that you've already launched to those new big posts which are targeting harder keywords, and that will give you a much better chance of ranking for those okay Uh, than if you started out with them
0: so what do you think is the biggest time waster for entrepreneurs
1: oh the biggest time this could be
0: either in your experience in your own business or what you see around you from from all the people that you know in business
1: uh yeah well i I definitely say biggest time waster is trying to do too many things at once uh when you get into blogging it can be so, so overwhelming, right? I mean, you, you read posts on, oh, shit, this guy's telling me I should be doing this. I should be getting on Tumblr and Pinterest. Oh, but this guy's saying I should increase my Twitter followers. Um, this guy's saying, oh, get on YouTube, set up a YouTube account, and blah, 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 right? I mean, the most important thing to do, uh, I mean, things like that, for example, dabbling in different things at the beginning, what you need to do is just focus on nailing one social network at a time. Uh, or nailing one particular side of, you know, your strategy at a time, rather than spreading yourself thin. I think a lot of, too many people try to get popular on all the different social networks. They waste too much time on that uh, when they should just be focusing on building up their traffic or whatever. Um, so yeah, the biggest waste of time is just letting all the noise get to you and stopping you from pursuing what you originally set out to do. I mean, I'm sure so many times, um, I'm sure you've experienced it as well, George, Um, you're on a course to do something and then someone whispers something in your ear saying, oh, no, you've got to be doing this. And then you stop halfway through what you're originally doing, try something else out. And then once you've done that, you know, you're just uh, in a mess, right?
0: Yeah, it makes sense to me. Try to stay focused and don't get distracted.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. if you could train someone let's say you have a friend or somebody in the family that sees your success as an entrepreneur and, and they have a job now and they they want they want to try it they want to become an entrepreneur. what would you teach that person if you could train that person to be a successful entrepreneur, what would be the first thing you would teach them
1: um, I think the the first thing oh gosh I think the first thing would would be to Teach them how to maybe. Oh, you'll probably have to cut this, Jordan. I'm trying to think. No, it's
0: good. You know, I I appreciate it when you think about it. You know, that means that there's value.
1: Yeah, the first thing to teach them. uh...
0: What do you think is the one thing that? You know, there are there are people that succeed and there are people that fail. There are people that can build businesses over and over or whatever. And, and they know just know just have it down. What, what do you think is the one thing? I'm sure there's more than one, but what, what is one of those things?
1: Um, I think one of the first things would be, uh, would be to teach them how to respect their competition. I'm not sure if that sounds right. <laughs>
0: no, it's good. It's good. Uh, it's good. Yeah, respect it's, the competition.
1: Yeah, respect the competition. Learn from the competition. I mean, okay, so you might think, oh, I'm going to go and do a business, a new bakery site, and I'm just going to beat everyone off. Yeah, my idea is so good, I'm going to kill everyone. But if you don't respect your competition, then if you go full in and you just launch with your idea and expect it to work, and then it doesn't work and it fails, and you end up scratching your head thinking, why the hell did it fail? It's such a good idea. If you didn't actually... research the market, see how your competition are doing it, and actually realize that, oh, they were doing it that way because that way works, you know, rather than thinking, oh, my way is going to work, then you're not going to screw up. So, yeah, respect your competition. Even if you think they're not doing things right, they obviously are doing some things right because that's why they're there now. That's why they're successful. So no matter how crap or lame you think a competitor's business is and how much you can beat them, They're doing something right because they're the ones ranking on Google, right? They're the ones currently making money. So respect your competition. Yeah, I guess that would be the first thing.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's good. and I I appreciate it when you think about it and it doesn't come out that easily because that means you actually have to think about it. So it it has good value. So
1: uh,
0: how can people connect with you or learn more about you, Richard?
1: Okay, uh, well, you can head on over to my blog, which is clamber.com. That Basically, the word clamber, as in clamber up, without the E. I could not buy the domain name with the E in, uh, obviously, because it was bloody expensive. Um, And then the second thing you can do is follow me on Twitter. It's also at clamber, the same name, C-L-A-M-B-R. Those are basically the two places you can find me. I've also just launched a brand new YouTube channel called Clamber Up where I'm going to be releasing plenty of high-speed link building video tutorials uh, which show you exactly how I build links and rank my sites. So, yeah, that's how you can find me.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. And, you know, maybe at some point we can check back uh, about that niche site uh, that you're working on. I don't know, maybe in six months or a year. Because I'd like to give an update to my audience and maybe some of the things that we learned from you as you go through that process. I mean, everything you told me was really awesome. And I really like the actual actionable uh, items that you talked about. So I, I very much appreciate it. And I'm sure our audience as well.
1: Cheers, George, and uh, yeah, this has been an absolute blast. I've, I've really enjoyed it, and yeah, I'd love to update you when this niche site is making loads of money, and um, hopefully that's going to be soon. Yeah, okay,
0: but, Richard. Yeah, and I, I don't, I'm not just saying it. Really, reach out to me. Let's say when you reach that nine thousand or get close to it. Uh, ping me and uh you know we'll either do another uh one of these or append it or whatever but i definitely want to give an update because uh you know i think you have some really good ideas and i want to share it with people
1: cheers man that's that's brilliant yeah no for sure I'll, i'll put it in my diary right now
0: thank you richard
1: okay cheers george